0: in your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm chapter 3 and Psalm chapter 4. Not many times, yes, not many times you cover two whole chapters of Scripture, but don't sweat. When you look at it, they're short and they kind of go together. I heard about a guy that was invited by an undertaker to come and sing Amazing Grace. Actually, we just sang at the funeral of a homeless man. The man was homeless. He had nobody. They were burying him in a pauper's grave. And so the guy said, yes, I'll be more than happy to come and do that. And so He got out his GPS and he had a flat tire. He's running late. And by the time he got there and saw the guys out with the shovels about to cover up the hole, he said, guys, I'm so sorry I didn't make it in time. I gave the undertaker my word. I would come and I would sing Amazing Grace before you cover that up. Will y'all let me do that? And they said, of course. He pulled out his guitar and he started singing. And They said there was such a sweet spirit there. Those workers took their caps off and, and they cried and they prayed. And so the man finished singing and he prayed and he went to go get in his car. And the guys that were there with the shovel said, so that is the sweetest thing I've ever experienced. I've been digging septic tanks for 20 years and nobody's ever come to sing Amazing Grace when we covered up a septic tank. So, you know, sometimes things don't go the way that we meant for them to go. But the Lord is still there. Job chapter 14 and verse 1 says, Life is short and full of trouble. Life is short and full of trouble. The scripture says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that you don't experience difficult times, but difficult times are breeding grounds for people of character and integrity. And, you know, we've, I've been saying this my whole life. You know, we live in difficult times, but really, could you have imagined, could you have imagined Five years ago, the world we'd be living in today, in the United States of America, even two or three years ago, we could not have imagined. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, whether gas is $1.86 a gallon or $0.55 cents a gallon, as the earliest I remember as a little boy, or it's almost $5 a gallon as we see it will be this week. God is in control. And He's perfecting us. He's getting us to depend on Him in a greater way. Probably the worst economy to plant a church in, maybe in our lifetime. But God knew all of that. When people don't have anything, And again, we said God called us specifically of all the places to go, the East Hall community where there are the most needs. And we believe God's going to use Transformation Church to help touch needs in this community as we're not paying for air conditioning units that go out. We're not paying to buff the floors. Um, Although we're not paying for these things, we're blessed that we can do that. God is perfect and His Word is always perfect. And so Psalms chapter 3 and verse 4, I call it a prescription for our problems. A prescription for our problems. I've just obviously, like you have, had Matt and Jenny on my mind. They have been through so much. They've been through so much, and so they're not here, but they'll get to listen as he edits this and puts it on the Internet later. But Psalm 3 was written when David had to flee out of Jerusalem. David is running from Jerusalem because his own son Absalom had rebelled against him. Now. Any of us who are parents, we know the rebellion of children. Even at a young age, when they start to say no. Even my perfect grandson, the most perfect little boy ever born, he's getting a mind of his own. He must get it from the Stricklands, and not the Duras. But he's already—he knows what he wants and what he likes, you know. And Papa has a hard time telling him no. I just try to redirect him because it breaks his heart to tell him no. But anybody who's a parent knows the heartache of when our kids sin and rebel against us. But I've never had my boy lead a rebellion against me and lead a bunch of people to want to kill me. Absalom was a young, good-looking dude. He attracted a lot of people to his side. So he had people coming with him to come after his daddy and kill him. And so history says that David left out of Jerusalem barefoot and weeping before God as his own son is trying to kill him. And so that's the context of where we are. Psalm chapter 3 and verse number 1. If you feel like it, let's stand up and honor the reading of God's Word. This is David on the run. Oh, Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're bigger than our problems. We thank you, God, that you specialize in impossible situations. We thank you that, Lord, you are the one who lifts our head and encourages our spirits when things don't go the way that we want them to go. But, Lord, we believe so many things about you. We know you're a God of love. We know you're a God of mercy. We know you're a God of forgiveness. But Lord, of all the things I believe about you, probably the most comforting thing is that you're in control. You're in control when our world is out of control. So help us to rest in your sovereignty. Help us to rest in your providence. Thank you for your word that blesses our hearts every time we go to it and take it inside of us. So you do that today in your name and for your glory is our prayer. Amen and amen. You can be seated. So I really can't imagine a bigger problem than my own boy who I love dearly coming after me trying to lead a rebellion to kill me. Sometimes i thought about Matt and Jenny. They must feel like the old Hee Haw program and most of us are old enough to remember that. They used to sing that song Gloom, Despair and Agony on me and the line said if it wasn't for bad luck I'd have no luck at all. That's got to be the way that they feel. Now we, we know there's no such thing as luck. We know whatever comes into our life has already been filtered through the hands of God. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to like it. But we trust God that he is in control. Again, Job 1 says, How frail is humanity? How frail? You think about a young guy like Matt. He's 40 or 41. Relatively young. Got young kids. But just like that. You know, an accident has had him so messed up with vertigo. And now to have COVID. The reality is, we're all one heartbeat away from eternity. We're all one heartbeat away from... We're all one traffic accident away from disaster. Nobody knows. So we got... Personally, mortgages and taxes and $5 a gallon gasoline. And I work in grocery stores, so I see the price of things going up, 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 up. Julie had a coupon because she coupons. helps us save a little bit. Tate's Cookies, which I stocked for Nabisco, a dollar off at Kroger. So we're in Kroger, what, last night? And they have gluten-free cookies that I can eat. So I picked them up, and I said... They're still $5. I'm not paying $5 for a little bitty pack of cookies, even if it does help pay my paycheck. Did you ever dream you'd live to see $5 thing of cookies? We took our family to Zaxby's, what, a week or so ago. And with, you know, the four of us and Wyatt, it was like 40 something dollars for fast food. We live in crazy, crazy times, but God knows that. God is completely in control. If we're dealing with all these things, I love the Chris Tomlin song. It's a little bit older now. It says, Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other, and he is. So whatever our problems are, God is bigger than our problems. That's number one, if you wanna write that down. God is bigger than our problems. And I always go back to the old Andre. Y'all remember Andre Crouch and the disciples? I loved him when I first got to be a new believer. He says, if I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. Number one, God's bigger than our problems. Number two, write this down. God is greater than our pressures. God is greater than our pressures. I, y'all may remember the, you know, what we did at Second Baptist and Airline also. Thou, O Lord, that song we sing, Thou, O Lord, or a shield. This is taken straight from this psalm right here. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. What is the purpose of a shield? To protect us. You're a shield around me. God is our protector. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 says we're to take up the shield of faith every single day that we can deflect those fiery darts of the enemy. Because they're coming. It's not a matter of if. They're definitely coming. But it's our faith in Jesus, as Marianne said, that gets us through that. We put that thing on every day. But the pressures of life... Sometimes I can just squeeze the life out of you. And Psalm 3.3 says, David says, he's running. Remember the context. He's running from his son who's leading people to kill him. But he says, you're my glory, the one who holds my head high. The glory and the lifter of my head. I love that word picture. You're just kind of down in the dumps. You don't want to look at anybody. You don't want to face any. You don't want to face the world. And he is the one who lifts our head. I remember you've heard us share the testimony of the week that our, our daughter got married. We didn't even know she had a boyfriend. And um, we lay in the bed and cried for days. We begged them not to do it, and they did. And So Sunday rolls around. And thankfully, the deacon said, you need to take a Sunday off. And I thought, good, because I, I do have it in me to get a preach today. We don't want to go to church anywhere. We just want to sit in the bed and cry. But I said, it's the Lord's day. That's not an option. We don't want to go where anybody knew us, so we went to Free Chapel, the biggest church where we could just blend in. And I'm telling you, God blessed us through the worship, through the music, and God lifted our heads and He lifted our spirits. He is the one who lifts our heads. Psalm chapter 3 and verse 4 says, I cried out to the Lord and He answered me from His holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me when the pressures of life come in. And you know, Matt being at home and out of work and sick, I do have a part-time job, and I'm thankful for that, so I have a part-time income. He has nothing, you know, and I feel the pressure as the, the lead pastor to, for us to be able to provide for him. So all the, God knows all of that. God knows every bit of that, and God's going to provide exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ever ask or imagine. And, you know, thankfully for Matt, he finally found a chiropractor who could help him with that vertigo and stop that. But now that he's got COVID, he can't go to the chiropractor. So continue to pray for them. But the pressures of life come in, and God is bigger than the pressures of life. This psalm has been called a morning psalm. People have been encouraged to read this psalm every morning because he says, I cried out to the Lord, and He answered me from His holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. When people ask me the question that people just kind of ask out of courtesy, How you doing? How you feeling today? And my answer is always, what do I tell you? I'm blessed. And sometimes the people say, why? I say, I woke up today and I wasn't in hell and I'm never going there. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So what's greater than that promise? That no matter what I go through, I'm on my way to heaven. I woke up. I should be in hell. I look at the rebellion in my own life and the mess that I did as a Christian. And how God put up with that as a backslidden Christian. Drinking and partying. I deserve to be in hell or rehab somewhere, and I'm not. He deserves all the praise. He is bigger than the pressure. And so this is a, a morning psalm. We're encouraged to they, they would memorize it. The Old Testament saints memorized it, and they recited it every morning. When they woke up, they quoted this psalm back. Now, David, yeah, I'll take Tylenol PM if I have trouble sleeping. David didn't have Tylenol PM. He didn't have anything to help him sleep. I love J. Vernon McGee, the old preacher, said, He pillowed his head on the promises of God's Word. That nearly made me shout when I read that. He pillowed his head on the promises of God. He didn't have a prescription. He had nothing else to lean on, but he pillowed his head on the promises of God's word. So God's bigger than our problems. God's bigger than our pressures. And number three, write this down. God is stronger than our enemies. God is stronger than our enemies. And so, you know, I don't think David names specifically here that he's talking about his son. But we know contextually, when you read it, he's talking about his son. Imagine your own son being your enemy. Verse 6 says, I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. If you think it, you might as well pray it because God knows it anyway. He says, slap all my enemies in the face and shatter the teeth of the wicked. David declared that even if the whole world was against him, God was for him. You ever had somebody lie about you? (laughs) Probably all of us have, you know, and and just to be the lies I've heard about even this church plan, you know, and I'm praying about it. There's one lady that was a dear friend. I thought was a dear friend. She circulated an email about me and about this church. It is nothing but lies from start to finish. And I've not talked to her yet, but I'm going to because I think time has proven that the things she accused me of are false. Things that she's accused this church of are false. And I just want to, I love her. But it hurts when people lie about you. He is stronger than our enemies. Cromwell said, "Because I fear God, I have no man to fear." Martin Luther said, "If there were more fear of God today, there'd be less licking of men's boots." Boy, I have a, a friend I might have told you last week. I can, you can almost write it down. It's so familiar. You know, he left the church in a ministry for twenty-something years where everybody loved him. Went to a brand new, never had an accusation against him. He goes to a new ministry. The deacons get together, they don't like him, don't like what he's doing. A staff member was the root of all that, a staff member who'd been there for decades. And so they, he's run off. Today he's preaching in another church for the first time. And he's like, Mike, I don't understand this. And I, we're recorded, so I won't say his name, I said, buddy, like me, you served in the same church for 20 years. Those people who know you and love you, they know the truth. And God's going to provide everything. They promised him a severance package. They told him last week, you don't get any. They can all this sure does sound familiar to me. God is the one who provides for all of our needs. Acts 5.29 says we must obey God rather than man. I read that in my quiet time this morning as I'm reading through Acts again. I know I recently did that in my quiet time. But for church planting, the book of Acts is a great place to go and study the first plants there. Because David trusted in the creator of the universe. The one who put breath in his body. He said we don't have need to fear any enemies. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Why do you want to shatter their teeth? They couldn't bite him in the behind anymore, I guess. Shattered the teeth of the enemy. And verse 8 says, Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. God is bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our pressures. He's bigger than our enemies. And number four, we have a God who hears our prayers. He transitions to verse 4, but I think it's still in the same vein of running from the enemies trying to kill him. We have a God that hears our prayers. Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, Answer me when I called you, O God, who declares me innocent doesn't matter what everybody else says. If you know in your heart you're innocent, you rest in that. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. Here's the point. You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. No matter what you're going through in the circumstances of your life. If you're in a trauma unit at Grady, when I see the word trauma, that got my attention. When I saw, I never dreamed God would. So we prayed for this, Patty, but I never dreamed you'd be in church Sunday morning when you're in a trauma unit. Wherever we are, we can call out to the God who knows all that we need. He shields us from trouble when we cry out to Him. And here's the thing about prayer not everybody can sing. I can't sing. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's a children's church leader, but everybody can pray. Everybody can pray. A young lady, she was, she was a special needs young lady, talked to me at camp during the last meal there. And she said, I don't understand how you pray. And I said, what do you mean? She, and she talked to me for a while before she got to the point. She said, when I pray, I just repeat myself over and over. So I thought like I always do that. And I said, girl, you've been talking to me now for about 10 minutes and you've never repeated yourself. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's just, if you can talk to me, you can talk to God. Now, one of the greatest fears in public opinion polls that people have is praying in public. I don't really understand that because if I'm afraid when I'm praying of what you're going to think, God ain't hearing that anyway. I'm talking to you. When I pray, I'm talking to Him. And if you like it, great. If you don't, I ain't talking to you anyway. And I love to eavesdrop on people when they pray. It blesses me to hear other people pray. So, prayer is the great equalizer. We don't all have the same spiritual gifts and abilities, but everybody can pray. That's the beauty of prayer. If we want to triumph over our problems, if we want to take this prescription for our problems, we must be people of prayer, not only prayer, but obedience. That's number five. God delights in our obedience and our sacrifice. That's number five. God delights in our obedience and our sacrifice. Psalm 4.4 4 says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Keep your mouth closed, in other words. Don't spout off when you get mad. Number five, Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Sacrifices in the right spirit. Ephesians 4.26 in the Christian Standard Bible says, Be angry. Lord knows we're going to get ticked off. Lord knows we're going to get angry. Some things ought to make us angry. The murder of unborn children ought to make us angry. Somebody going in and shooting up a school of innocent children, that ought to make us angry. But the Bible says be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now how do I jive that with verse 4 of Psalm 4? Because Psalm 4, 4 says think about it overnight and remain silent. Ephesians 4.26 says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I think it depends on the situation. If I'm about to just spout off something in anger, I'll sleep on it and pray about it. But I think particularly in, in a husband-wife relationship or parent-child or whatever kind of close relationship, let's don't let the sun go down on our wrath. And I, we've joked and told people, we've, I don't think we're ever going to bed mad. But we'll celebrate 34 years of... Our 34th anniversary next weekend. Never gone to bed mad. we stayed up late some nights, but we've never gone to bed mad. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And verse five says, "Offer sacrifices to the in, in the right spirit and trust the Lord." What do you think that means? Sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. First of all, what's a sacrifice? You give is above, and beyond. above and beyond. It costs you something, right? Sometimes, sometimes we use the phrase, "We give till it hurts." That's a sacrifice. You know, my tithe, is. that's not a sacrifice because it's mandated by God. I don't have to pray about that. But anything above and beyond that would be a sacrifice. He says, offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. You know, I've had people who want to like give a large gift and sacrifice just to be noticed. And usually people like that, it's not really a sacrifice because they got plenty anyway. You know, I don't come and try to give my offering or these days... I was one of the old-fashioned ones. It was one of the only checks I wrote was to the church. And so I just would not give up writing my check to the church. But when COVID hit, I finally bit the bullet and I started tithing online then. And I just, just kept on doing it. One of the things that I don't have to worry about forgetting my checkbook or something. So it just happens. But it was an act of worship. Back fact, we could still pass the plates. COVID kind of ended passing the plates. People don't want to touch the plates. But, you know. A sacrifice is above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. So as we tithe our weekly tithes, help us pay the rent here. And, you know, we've got the one intern that we pay and expenses like coffee. We haven't had a whole lot of expenses right now. But when I give to the launch fund, that's above and beyond my tithe as we look forward to what it's going to take in the fall. And here's the cool thing about the launch fund. And y'all, I can't wait to get there. I've talked to other church planters. I hate it the most. The thing that I hate the most about church planting is money. I get sick of talking about money. And they're like, Mike, this is what God's called you to do. I'm like, but we serve a big God, okay? We serve a big God, and I'm trusting Him to provide it. The cool thing about the launch fund is once it's raised, we are D-O-N-E done. Our whole church is paid for unless something breaks down. But if the building breaks down, we don't have to pay for that. So you pray that we can get that launch fund. I was talking to a young man. Who was his name? started with an A. I've already forgotten. Not Arturo, Adrian. He's running this basketball tournament today. And so he was talking to me about our church. And he told me he goes to Free Chapel. So he started asking questions. My my watch is talking back to me. I'm not talking to you. He started asking me questions about the church plan. He said, I go to Free Chapel. And he asked for my card, which I don't have a transformation card yet because it costs money. But I had an old card I gave him. He said, I'm going to get word to Pastor Jensen. He said, they just gave $100,000 to another church here in town to help put a roof on a church in town. He said, Pastor Jensen has a heart for stuff like that. And I said, well, we had a goal of 100000 by the end of May. He said, that ain't nothing. You know, and um, Pastor Matt and I met with another church planter, a former student, recently. And he asked me what our goal was. I said, for the whole, to pay for everything that we need, 200000 he just kind of rolled his eyes. That church is... That church's model is we have to get approved by NAM. Before they can help us, we have to be so that's why what we're doing to be approved, and NAM, if you don't know, is the North American Mission Board. Once we're approved by NAM, then we're approved by that church. It's a mega church south of Atlanta. Casting crowns goes to church there. I don't know what they may do, but he just kind of scoffed at me and Matt when we said two hundred thousand dollars, like that's not a big deal. He told us he had a lady gave like I've forgotten how much on a Sunday morning they made a need known for foster care. She just wrote a check and took it to him. So God has all of that under control. He delights in my... I got way off track here. He delights in our obedience and our sacrifice. So there's a difference between a gift and a sacrifice. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Better to approach in obedience than to offer a sacrifice as fools do, for they ignorantly do wrong. So if I'm walking in here and I want to give a gigantic gift to, to whatever ministry... And I'm refusing to to treat people right. I'm lying about people. I'm gossiping about people. God's not going to honor me giving a big sacrifice if I'm not walking in obedience. And number six, God's the giver of true joy. God is the giver of true joy. Look at verse number six. Many people say, who will show us better times? Lord, let your face smile on us. Lord, you've given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. There is a difference between joy and happiness. Who can tell me what's the difference between joy and happiness? Joy comes from deep within. Joy comes from deep within. Happiness is not lasting. Would you say, really? That's right. Happiness depends. I'm happy when the dogs win. You're happiness when you're happy when Tech wins. We both can't be happy when we play each other, but we can have the same joy because we serve the same God and Jesus lives in our heart. And y'all know I, I love the beach like y'all. And I, and I always say my greatest times of worship. Now, we're mandated to worship together and I can't wait to worship with y'all. But before God, He knows my greatest times of worship are at the beach. Just looking that God spoke that into existence. And he tells the waves when to stop. It's incredible that He does that. So there's a difference between happiness and joy. And you know, I should be I should be up at night worrying, but I'm not. I should be up at night worrying that we're here we are June, we don't have our launch fund, you know, We're I'm, I'm living on a part-time income. Ron saw me at, at Walmart the other day with my hands and knees stuck in Oreos. I'm as happy as I've been. I couldn't tell you when. I'm, I'm happy, and I have joy, okay? When the clock goes off, sometimes happiness isn't the first thing that comes into my mind. But I'm a morning person. I like my job. I like what I'm doing. And I have joy in knowing it's temporary. God is in control, and he will get us through this season. It's one of my prayer requests for Pastor Matt. One of the, my concerns, at least I get out and I have a little part-time job. He's been so sick, he can't go anywhere. So you pray for him that the Spirit of God protects him because that's the time people suffer from depression when you're stuck at home and you can't get out all the time. God, is, God knows what's coming before us. That's exactly right. Protected yes, ma'am from something. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the world news, you do know. That's right. Think about the number of testimonies you've heard of somebody that was supposed to be on an airplane and at the last minute something changed. Hacked them off, their were but the plane crashed. Or they were supposed to be in a vehicle or on a bus going somewhere and at the last minute something changed that God was protecting from something. So we don't know. We don't know. You know, had we raised the $100,000, we would already order our stuff from Portable Church, you know, but it, it's a different kind of economy. So the Spirit of God has met with us right here this morning. We pray for that, but in the meantime... I'm just as happy as I can be and I've got the joy of the Lord in my, And as I told, I thank, thank God I got the help to get on my hands and knees and do this at 58. I'm thankful that I can. A lot of people can't do that. And so God is the giver of true joy. When Psalm 3 is called a morning psalm, Psalm 4 is known as an evening psalm. The Old Testament saints would quote Psalm 3 in the morning and they would quote Psalm 4 at night. Many people will say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You've given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. So these are great psalms for us to ponder. And number seven, finally, God is the giver of true rest. God is the giver of true rest. I ought to be up at night worrying if I'm just human operating. I'd be worried about how we're going to do this. I'm worried about we're not taking care of matter. He's struggling. God's got it all under control. So we trust Him. God is the giver of true rest. Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. That's why this was called the evening psalm. In peace I will lay down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. David didn't have sleeping pills, we said. Didn't have any Tylenol PM. He's on the run from his son. But he says he built his head on the promises of God's Word and he slept in peace. I love 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Remember the verse? But power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. And I know people professing believers are just gripped by fear. We we're talking earlier with Tom coming to church. That Julie's like, look at that woman. She's by herself in the car with the mask and gloves on. That's that's fear controlling somebody right there, right? Not only is it fear, but it's foolish. If you study the research, wearing the mask makes that stuff go deeper into your lungs. But that's another story for another day. I'm not gonna let fear control me. And I'm gonna be honest. When I got the text from Matt when I was at camp last week that he tested positive for COVID. And I thought, we got in two huddles and we prayed together was the first thing I thought. And I started to get a little antsy. But then the Lord has to remind me He's in control. He is the one who lifts our head. He's the one who gives us peace. No matter what, none of us have been sick this week, praise God. None of us had symptoms this week. God is the giver of true rest. He's not giving us that spirit of fear. So if fear starts gripping me, I know what? If it didn't come from God, where does it come from? The devil. devil. There's only two spirits in the world, the Holy Spirit and then unholy spirits. So when you feel that spirit of fear come over you, you rebuke the devil out loud in the name of Jesus. He cannot cannot read my mind. He knows my flesh patterns. He's watched. He's observed my weaknesses. He knows when he can get me, but he can't read my mind. So I speak to the devil out loud. Devil, you got to get off me in the name of Jesus. I'm a child of God and this spirit of fear is not coming from him. It's coming from you and you are a defeated foe. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you see me running my mouth when I'm driving down the road, I'm either praying or rebuking the devil, one of the two. So we we don't have to worry about the fears that come over us. We keep saying September 11th to launch. If we don't, we don't. You know, The pride part of me says, people keep expecting y'all to fail. What if you don't? God's in control of that. I I can't can't make that happen. God's in control. And we're just going to keep having fun worshiping Him. And our college students, by the way, they're missing. Gracie this morning said, I miss my church family. Y'all did such an outstanding job of welcoming these young kids and making them feel welcome. They can't wait to get back with us. So if that spirit of fear is on me, I know it comes from the devil. And really and truly, what's the worst thing humanly that can happen? To die. And from a spiritual perspective, what's the best thing that can happen to me? I die and I go to the And I'm not rushing it. I'm not suicidal. I'm not trying. I want to enjoy every ounce of life God lets me enjoy. I want to see this church get off the ground and running and strong. I pray in my lifetime, God lets me see Transformation Church plant another church. That's our goal is to plant more churches. The population of Hall County, some of you may not have heard me say this, is predicted to triple in the next 30 years. If every church in Hall County was filled today, there's not enough room for everybody in Hall County. So we've got to be about planting other churches. I pray God lets me live to see that. But if you get a text or a phone call that Mike has died, you don't believe it because I'll be more alive than I've ever been. I'll be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at that moment. He is the giver of true joy. When we, in the end, when we put Him first, we can have a prescription that will help us triumph over troubles and problems. So never believe the lie of the devil that your problem is too big for God. Whatever you're facing is too big for God. And we made the statement, I think, last week. If you just look at the number of people in our church plant, how many have been through major... I'm talking... Not like like a hangnail or your dog got hit by a car, which is traumatic if you got one. But I'm talking about major health crises, surgery, surgery, uh, procedures, wrecks, on and on and on. Misty Kreitzer, who didn't say anything last week, but all that they've been through in the last year, it's no accident. And so I take great... Confidence, then God's up to something big. If the devil wants to mess with Transformation Church that bad, God must be about to do something huge. So I'm going to do like David did when he was running from his own son. I'm going to trust the Lord. God's promises are conditional for us. He says, If my people who are called by my name will humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, then we'll hear from heaven, he'll forgive our sins, and he'll heal our land. So the formula for revival in America is on us, it's not on politicians. But for Transformation Church, all we can do is be faithful. Each one of us be faithful. One day, one step at a time. We know what God's called us to do. We know the vision God's given us for the future. And if it came from the Lord, He will bring it to pass. If I'll be obedient, and I'll trust Him. Let's pray together.